This is the Rugby Muscle Podcast, talking all that you need to become the best rugby player you can be. Now here are the Rugby Muscle Coaches, TJ and Alex. Happy Thursday to you, boys and girls. It is I, Thomas, Thomas John, back again with another Rugby Muscle Podcast, and I'm joined as always, by Alex. What's Yo, going on? I never knew. I never knew uh, John was in your name. Yeah, Thomas John. See, because people would always assume because of the Jankowski that it was a surname, but it's not. I did literally always, always. Yeah, because yeah, it, st- it still works. Anyway, we are back with another Rubby Muscle podcast today to enlighten you again, once again, about nutrition because we. Had a few weeks, maybe even a few months. Even even though we got a nutrition, uh, high performance nutrition consultant on the podcast, we end up speaking a lot about training with him anyway, didn't we? Yeah, that was good though. I enjoyed that. No, nah, it was a good podcast. Uh, go back and listen. It was in the fifties. I can't remember what one it is. If you haven't listened to it with Alex Ferentinos, um, and today we're going to talk again about nutrition. But the thing is we're not going to get carried away like we did in the last podcast the last podcast we want to talk about a bunch of different diets and how they affect you as a rugby player and as i said in that podcast we got a little bit carried away with uh why you need carbohydrates that's how important carbs are or that's how bad low carbs are right in terms of being a high performance rugby player or any sort of athlete that you want to be you need carbs man you need carbs Anything you want to add, Alex? They're really tasty. Oh, they are indeed. Speaking of... It's time for the Facts of the Week. I don't know what that's got to do with being tasty, but it's... Yeah, I was like, thinking of... A, a lot of your facts have got to do with food, so... Not today, actually, mate. Not today. Not today. Not today. So, um... I was speaking to you last week about um, films... You know, we spoke. You spoke about Logan. And I was, um, I was mm-hmm. watching Starship Troopers, and that made me think about um, films that I can watch again and again. Yeah. And uh, have you seen Fifth Element? No. You haven't seen Fifth? Oh, mate, you got it. Go watch Fifth Element. Wait, wait. Let nice. me, let me, let me just see. Maybe I've seen. Bruce Willis. About it. I'm not the sort of person that usually forgets that I've seen films, though. No, I haven't seen it. Mate, you gotta go away and see it, man. It's really good. Okay, really that's good. my uh, that's my thing to do tonight, then I guess. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, the fact is that they have um, it's set partially on this spaceship. Is uh, Bruce Willis? Like a... Yeah, yeah. So Bruce Willis is making all these different movies that are about fifth and sixth and whatever. Okay, he's made two movies, Sixth Sense. Yeah, I think mean, I mean, you're kind of clutching a straw here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Carry right, so, on with yeah. your facts. This film is set on a like a, a space cruise liner, right? In a, in the second half. Anyway, in that they have an explosion, um, and it's actually the biggest indoor explosion that was ever filmed. There we go. That's it. Wow, that's an interesting fact. So the biggest indoor explosion ever filmed was done on a film that was what in 1997 or something yeah 97 and it has and it's been 20 years since then and we still haven't had a bigger indoor explosion 
Well, I assume it was definitely the biggest at the time. I don't know if it's... Um, oh, hold on here. So, it was the biggest... Of course, it was the biggest at the time. Every Every movie at the time has the highest budget and has the biggest uh, effects or whatever. But it's it's about what happens like after that. So if it holds up still, you know what I mean? This is the whole greatest of all time argument that like Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. But he's not because the current basketball players are better. You know, the same as saying... Jonah like, Lomu. You look at, yeah, Jonah Lomu wouldn't stand out as much now. Because every winger is fucking massive, right? But you, but he's still a revolutionary. So, so yeah. But now you're getting revolutionary mixed up with greatest, right? So, are we also saying that um, I don't know people like Thomas Newton? Like, look, we're are we more intelligent than them? Because we have access to more information and whatnot. Well, yeah, we are. The I, I don't. Know, do you mean Isaac Newton? Did I say Thomas Newton? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we are. Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson. Well, yes, we are as well. But like, the average IQ is going up, even though it's hard to tell because IQ is like a, an average anyway. But yeah, yeah, people are getting smarter. People have access to more knowledge now. Yeah, no, I know. I do think that. Everyone thinks that we're all getting uh, dumber, but we're not. It's like By definition, we are learning more and more and more. But, I mean, we have you, other... You can f- tell me how a combustion engine works, right? No. You can't tell me how an engine works. No, I have not. I don't. I'm not a meet me, uh, a motorhead. I don't know about cars. Yeah, but okay. You should be able to tell me how. <laughs> anyway, the point is that maybe a hundred years ago, only a very select few people would have known that. All right, so, hold on uh, here. Hold on here. Right, you listening? You person? You lad? Yeah, you. I'm in your ears right now. Right, you're listening to this podcast. Do you know how a combustion engine works? And if you do. Right, send me a message uh, at tj.strength on Instagram. And if you don't, definitely send me a message. Say, oi, Alex is a geek. I don't know how he know how he thinks everyone should know what how a combustion engine works. I can drive a car, right? That's more important than knowing how the bloody engine works, is driving it. It's just something I thought everyone knew, I'll be honest. Weird. Anyway, maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm the odd one out. Anyway, we're gonna move on, right? Can we move on, please? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, we're going to move on to a bunch of different diets that are seen in the mainstream that potentially may have use for you as a rugby player, or they may not. Um, And we're going to get this going by talking about... Oh, no, we talk about keto. Let's talk about the paleo diet. Cool. Go ahead. So, um... And also what I'm going to do is I'm going to give us three minutes for every single one of these diets. Okay? Cool. So the paleo diet is a little bit of a misnomer. It works on the idea that you're eating the same food that people ate 10,000 years ago. Yeah. Um, Good start. Which is, it just isn't. That's the thing. Yeah. People, like, foods that we have these days, even all the vegetables that we have access to, are completely they're can you call them man-made or some they're not naturally occurring like you wouldn't naturally find a giant head of broccoli or cauliflower um and even what i'm going to do is if you check out rugby-muscle.com and on the on the site if you're listening to this on the site or if you're listening to this on the youtubes the the video or the actual screenshot for this uh 
for this podcast, I will feature a normal avocado, what we expect an avocado to look like, compared to an actual wild avocado. And they're completely different foods. I mean, um, we can put this down to the appeal to nature fallacy. Yeah. Um, Do you want to... So essentially, yeah. Essentially, people assume because something's natural, it's better. It's just bullshit. Yeah, it's not. Like, it, it, I get the idea like of people thinking you know they're scared of chemicals or scared of just the modernization it seems like it shouldn't be we we should go back to our roots right that sounds like a better idea but the reality is i'm not going to live in a hut in the woods and not drive a car um so why are we drawing a line here at the, all of a sudden that we have to have our diet it has to be exactly the same as the, the, uh, the idea that gmo foods are bad like, yeah. really gets let's like, not let's not, not get just we've got three minutes remember we've got well, anyway got a the, and the and point half. is Paleo diet is sticking to essentially clean food is what it's turned out to be. Yeah, it's just a bad because if, if we're going to pick another floor, obviously the if we're talking thousands of years ago, the food that someone in South America consumed would be completely different to the food someone in in Northern Europe consumed would also be completely different to what an Asian would have consumed thousands of years ago because we wouldn't have access to the global food economy that we have these days. Yeah, uh, apart from that, I actually think it's okay um, mm-hmm. for what it is. It's just a bad name. Yeah, you're, t- you're generally fairly okay on carbs. You're generally getting quite a lot of protein in there. Are you um, okay on carbs? Bad. Well, you should be. I don't know why you wouldn't be. I thought grains were uh, outlawed. Uh, I'm not huge. I'm not on, 100% on it, but potatoes, you know, rice uh, I thought. I thought... Some of some, you know, this is again, and I guess this is our biggest thing that we don't like about all these different diets with different names is, and actually, I should have said this on Tuesday. I should have said this at the beginning of the very first podcast that we recorded about nutrition, and to say is that if a diet doesn't have your specific name at the top of it, it's not your diet. It's just a general diet. Okay, Um, so. When we get into all these different diets, our three minutes is already up. <laughs> um, when we get into all these different specific diets uh, that have different names and whatever, they're not. Uh, not only are they not specific to you and your goals, but they're not even specific to each person. So each person takes them, takes like the ideas and runs with them in a different direction. So some people on this paleo diet aren't allowed any grains, potatoes of any sort. Some others are allowed sweet potatoes, but not regular. I don't know why. Um, some are allowed potatoes and not grains. You know, it, and there's just a bunch of different... Some are allowed rice for some reason. Some aren't. It's just... It blows my mind how people can interpret the same message completely different ways, and then therefore you get it wrong. And that leads to confusion. Confusion leads to stress. Stress leads to lack of progress. The dark um, side. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm that, I didn't do my best Yoda impression there. Um, but the the main bits of the paleo are very good, right? Of paleo dieting. Yeah. Get enough protein. Get some fats. Get some like, vegetables in yeah. The reason they're successful is that they stop people eating crap, which is filled with loads and loads of empty calories, real high fat, and uh, that isn't filling. And it replaces it with real good whole nutrition sources that have got lots of uh, vitamins, lots of minerals, 
and are relatively low in calories in comparison. Now, this is where it comes short, I would say, for rugby players, right? Alex, uh, shout out if you disagree. But if you're concentrating solely on foods that apparently were supposed to be eaten thousands of years ago, it's going to be difficult to get in the amount of calories you need, especially if you're performing. Like, Say if you go to the gym in the morning and then you've got rugby training in the evening, you're going to need a lot of calories to recover from that. And if you're not allowed any potatoes or any sort of uh, man-made foods, not even any bread or anything like that, you're going to struggle to eat the amount of calories that you'd need to recover from that, and particularly the amount of carbohydrate you'd need to recover. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Sweet. But for the main part... Yes, eating lots of vegetables, eating lots of fruit is good for you. So, I mean, thumbs up and do that. Yeah, but get the idea that. out of your head that uh, this actually paleo diet, the actual thing makes sense. Principles are great, but the actual story behind it, we're not great fans of, right? Yep, cool. Speaking of which, we're going to talk about vegetarians slash vegans. Um, Alex, this yeah, is cool. quite close so to So I'm actually going to disagree with you here. That I, I like it. But there's a reason. But I, I don't think it's a wait, good idea. Wait, wait. Should we should we just start on vegetarians first? Ah, uh, if I could just take it as one, they're pretty much the same. They're not. I I think it's quite big. There's quite a big difference, really, to me. Oh, right, go on. Then. Go on. So, um, all right. So, what you're probably going to say is the 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 one. Well, first off, if you if you want to if you want to eat vegetarian or vegan food because of your beliefs, because you watch some sort of Netflix documentary or something, I don't know, um, that is absolutely fine. And we are not yeah. here to question uh, your beliefs. Um, we are here, however, to say that you have to make a definite more conscious effort if you're not eating animals um, to get a higher protein in and um, a higher variety of protein. You can't... You know, we've seen in the studies that it's important to get a variety of foods in. Now, this doesn't just apply to proteins; this applies to everything. But you need a you you want to eat a nice wide variety of foods. And if you're um, if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, and all of your protein is just you're like, oh, it's okay, dude. I'm I'm uh, I'm a vegan or a vegetarian, but I have a protein powder that I have. And if you just have eight of those shakes a day and say, oh, that's my protein. It's not quite good enough, in my opinion. No, I, uh, yeah. It's not ideal. I mean, Go on. I mean, there's plenty of non-meat veg- uh, protein sources. It's just a hassle. That yeah. makes sense. So I would say that um, first off, yeah, if you're if you're vegetarian, you're going to look at a lot of dairy, getting a lot of dairy in, um, and I, you know. For the most part, reducing the the amount of farmed chicken and farmed beef that you eat is probably going to do some sort of health benefit for you. Not, it's not going to be huge. So if you're going broke in order to do it, I wouldn't advise you do it. But if you want to just get some more vegetables and get some more like beans, legumes, that's all that good stuff, and get some more dairy in your diet, definitely just cutting down on the amount of meat that you eat might be of benefit. Um, as long as you're replacing it with something else, it's not just a case of cutting it out. A case of replacing it with something potentially better, uh, more nutritious. Um, definitely go ahead and do that. 
and then that's where it gets t- difficult when you become you switch from vegetarianism to veganism is that like dairy would be one of your main sources of protein as a vegetarian and then when you go into veganism that's completely cut out as well in yeah, fact so i know you, vegetarians really... where the dairy meat or the dairy that they have is basically it's a crutch for them like they'll rely almost solely on dairy and milk and whatnot and whey protein um eggs to get in their protein and then that's all cut out so all of a sudden you've gone from all of your protein from dairy to being zero and then therefore you have zero protein in your diet unless you make a conscious change so so to to wrap this one up because i don't I think we've covered it pretty well there mm-hmm. um if you're gonna eat a vegan diet from a ethical point of view then like more power to you like you stand up for whatever you want to stand up for mm-hmm. if you if you want to do it from an athletic point of view or you think that you're going to get some like major health benefits from it maybe reassess where, where you're coming from yeah yeah, um, yeah. Saying that, it's not impossible or even that difficult in terms of working out what you need it's just more effort yeah there's a lot more preparation that would need to go into a vegan diet or a, yeah, definitely a vegan diet and also a vegetarian diet. You have to prepare a lot more. Whereas if you're, you know, if you're just eating a normal diet, it's easy to find, you know, it's much easier to cook up a chicken or whatever than to like, to try and get the amount of beans. If you're trying to cook beans from raw, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that that's almost like a day of cooking or a day of preparation uh, you have to do in order let, to do it. Like, there is actually some really good products out there at the moment. Some of the um, my, micro-protein stuff's really good. Um, the Beyond Meat stuff's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then you've got your soy and tofu options, which Ooh. are... Uh, All right, so. our three minutes is up, but do you want to quickly talk about uh, soy meat and how it's going to turn you into a chick? Uh, you know, there was actually a um, something out the other day about... Soy attenuating uh, resistance training gains. Um, but hands okay, up so- if you know what attenuating means. Oh, Alex, <laughs> I can't see any hands up, mate. Explain okay. that a bit more. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. So essentially, what we can say is uh, excess intake of soy can mess with your hormones. Yeah. But that's like real excess intake, and yeah, it's like, we're and we're talking about a large proportion of your diet. So, say if you have one shake a day, that might be mm-hmm. bad for you if you're a girl that consumes like around a thousand calories. Like one shake of soy a day might be might be too much. But if you're uh, a guy that eats four thousand calories, you know, and three hundred grams of protein, one shake of soy a day isn't actually going to be as significant. Yeah, um, you can mix hemp and rice protein to get a pretty complete amino acid profile as well. I I learnt a lot from um, what's his name? What's the what's the world's strongest man? The the one that was a cop, since retired, Derek oh, Poundstone. Well, Poundstone. Yeah, he, he used to have eat. soy shakes, and and he yeah. he stopped me from being like so scared of soy. I remember because my mum was having lo- loads of soy stuff because. She was around 50 at the time, going through whatever women go through at that time. I don't really know. Um, but she wants to promote the amount of estrogen in well, in her body, right? So she had, she was told to have a lot of soy stuff. And then I found that out. And then I read a bro website that said, oh, you avoid all soy because you end up not having any gains and you'll get cancer. 
So, <laughs> you know, I was dead scared of it. And then I saw this j- jacked, massive guy doing it. And I was like, oh, maybe it's not too bad. And now I'm it, at the stance yeah, where... The, the, the mainly bad things that are said to come from soy, not soy, from estrogen, um, are really more towards progesterone. Is like progesterone is a real bad guy. Mm-hmm. Estrogen is not so bad. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, last little point about the uh, about going vegan or vegetarian is yeah again health benefits of what people perceive. Um, I've actually the people I've worked with and spoken to that have switched to a ve- vegetarian or a vegan diet from a normal diet have actually exp- like for some reason it's out there that we um, people end up getting loads more energy by switching to a vegetarian or a vegan diet. And the reality is, it actually ends up being quite the opposite because you and because some because a lot of people consume far less calories because it's just hassle to eat. But yeah. if you make a good conscious decision, guess what? You're getting in again. It's the same as the paleo diet. You're going to get in a lot more vegetables. You're going to get in a lot more nutrients, um, you know, vitamins, minerals, and whatnot for your diet. Um, and that's going to make you feel better. Of course it is. But there's no reason to say you can't just add in a lot more vegetables or a lot more fruit or even more uh, legumes into your diet and maybe take a little bit of your pro- of your meat protein out. That is like, who, like there's something to say there that that should still give you the added benefits of being a vegan almost, but also without the hassle. Yeah, I am. Um... Yeah, I think we covered that pretty well. Yeah, we did. Not- right. Next one. Yeah. Yeah, let's go IF. All right, next one, uh, intermittent fasting. Um, I also, I'm going to link this in the same, I'm going to draw this under the same uh, cast as no carbs after 5 p.m., bro. That's the diet. That's the name of the diet. I just made it up. No carbs after 5 p.m., bro, and intermittent fasting. And, I mean, hopefully, judging by the fact that I've included those two under the same headline should mean what I'm going to think of this diet. But, Alex, you want to go into yeah, what you think first? Um, so, essentially, we're just looking at restricting calories again. There's nothing special about it. It's just restricting calories. Um, people who are pro-IF um, tend to look at cellulosophagy as like, the biggest deal from it. Um and meh on it. Essentially, it's just another way of restricting the amount of food you're eating. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, I mean, you probably should see a recurring theme here because it's the same thing with what we spoke about on Tuesday, the keto, low-carb diets, paleo diets, and even vegetarian and vegan. If you can't eat you know, 2,000 calories worth of fried chicken or burgers, you're probably going to end up losing weight. Um, for this again this is for the general population and the same thing now we're looking at intermittent fasting where you you can't eat until 2pm if you've got all of that time where you're not allowed to eat you know hopefully as a general rule you're probably going to end up eating less and therefore losing weight um, you can also look at people that do no carbs after 5pm bro again same thing if you're restricting what you can eat at certain times your overall calorie intake for the most part, is going to lower. Now, that's why it succeeds with some people. And obviously, some people will actually go the opposite route, uh, especially with intermittent fasting. Um, they get so hungry in the hours that they're not eating that they end up, they do end up consuming just as many calories um, during that feeding window 
as they would have done in the whole day if they'd have just eaten in the morning and kept themselves satisfied. Yeah, or possibly more, and then you get a whole binging deal as well. You might not make the best food choices, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so um, actually, and we're going to include as a subheading for this same thing again is eating every two hours, etc. Because this is all going under the same line of meal timing and frequency and whatnot. Um, so obviously, if you're intermittent fasting. You're not able to eat every two hours, which is supposed to stoke the metabolic fire. Um, thoughts on that, Alex? Okay, so if we eat every two hours, let's say we're awake for 12 hours of a day, just will be generous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that means we need to have six meals in a day, right? Right. Well, that means each meal can be a max. And if we're only eating 2,500 calories, just say, say we're maintaining or whatever. Yeah. That means each meal can only be 416-ish calories. Why don't you, what, well, let's just go to saying we're doing 3,000. So we're still eating quite a lot, but each meal is only 500 calories. Yeah. Right. That's not fun, right? No. I'm probably going to be hungrier if I only have 500 calories per meal. Than if I also, have. if you're awake for, did you say 12 hours? 12 hours, yeah. Right. First off, that means that you're sleeping 12 hours a day, which most people don't. Yeah, I was being generous on that one. Yeah, um, I, and also you you'd have seven meals because you'd bookend. I just divided twelve by two, mate. I'll be honest; I wasn't really <laughs> too much effort into this. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm trying to make it sound is- even worse. So you know, most people will be awake for at least fourteen hours, which means eight meals, which means uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to do the maths. But you're not gonna, yeah. Each meal is gonna be so small that for most people, I don't know if we're this. I don't yeah, know if I'm yeah. weird or not. But you end up binging afterwards, later in the day, or maybe a few days into, you'd be like, "Fuck this! I need some actual food." Yeah. You know. Also, there's no real increase in protein synthesis from eating every two hours. Or or meta- bit, there's definitely bit- no metab- uh, metabolism benefits. Your metabolism. Uh, let's talk about quickly what affects your metabolism. Um, because a lot of these diets claim to really boost your metabolism and whatnot, right? And, and then also, like, people that are large claim to have a really slow metabolism as well. Not true, okay? It's yeah, not true. Right. Um, so, your metabolism can be affected by your weight, okay? What you mm-hmm. do um, during the day, so if you work an aggressive, like, laboring job or something, or if you're a professional athlete training for five, six hours a day, um, you're going to be your metabolism is going to be a lot faster. Or even if you're just a fidgety person, okay, there's a lot of research behind that as well. You're going to burn a lot more calories than someone that uh, sits at an office for eight to ten hours a day, mm-hmm. just by the fact that you're moving a lot more. Okay, so your weight, what you do during a day, and then yes, your training slash you know muscle that you're putting on will have an effect as well. But the first two are going to be the biggest dictator of how fast your metabolism is so if you're a bigger person you actually do have a faster metabolism um and i'll go into that in a little bit but just know that foods like i used to eat every meal every meal i used to eat would be a spicy meal to try and boost my metabolism it doesn't work okay yeah oh yeah i like spicy food but it's the the idea of the change that a spicy food or you know a caffeine beyond um scary slash dangerous amounts 
is going to have as well is going to be really, 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 really minimal. So don't worry. So don't worry. I guess is my point about trying that, to change your metabolism. That caffeine, that caffeine epinephrine stack can do a bit. Yeah, but, but I mean, it's pretty hard to get hold of. It's also illegal. Yeah, that does not address that. Okay. Well, somewhat, um, especially in sport. Um, but yeah, so so again, the same thing with IF uh, intermittent fasting. They think they're trying to boost your metabolism by going through all this fasting period or whatever. There's just nothing magical about it. Um, there is definitely some sort of health benefits to do, going through some periods in your life where you're doing some sort of fasting. Um, but that's just health. That's not really performance. Um, what else? Oh. And the last thing about intermittent fasting is it what it is good at is that it takes advantage of the fact that you, most people are hungrier at night, okay? Mm. Um, especially if you train at night. Most people are hungry at night. So if you get to eat a big meal at night, excellent. That's going to leave you more satisfied and you can control what you can control like during the day. Um, yeah, from a dog perspective, it's kind of handy. You know? Yeah, and the same sense, thing. And then... And then it's almost the no carbs after 5 p.m. bro is almost coming at it from the opposite side saying, yeah, you're a nighttime binger, but you're not allowed. You're not allowed to have anything. So yeah, uh, what we can cover a lot of these on, um, I guess to kind of wrap everything up, are we going to, um, yeah, go on. you know what, are we going to do if it's macros? Uh, well, it depends what you're going to talk about here. I'll just, as a, a lot of these diets um, center around the fact that you're restricting something rather. Does that yeah. make sense? Mm-hmm. So, so for a lot of them, you're restricting carbohydrates, but sometimes you're restricting the time you can eat. It's just not really, there's not a lot of freedom in yeah, it. Yeah, you're, or, or like the low carb, you're restricting your macronutrient that you're allowed to have. Yeah. So, as far as I'm concerned, restricting foods or restricting Food groups isn't ever going to be like a really ideal solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That's, um, and so then, then now we move on to um, if it fits your macros. Yeah, so then if it fits your macros or flexible dieting is another diet where you have a set amount of protein, carbs, and fat during the day that you're allowed to eat, or even mm-hmm. weekly goals so that you can adjust each day depending on if you're training or not training. Um, a set amount of protein, set amount of carbs, set amount of fat that you have during the day. And you just can allow to eat whatever you want as long as you hit those macronutrient targets. Yeah, so I actually I kind of like this. Um, I just don't think it's, it's focused enough. Yeah. So the idea that we everyone eats to a specific calorie requirement for their goal is great because that's what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that you can eat whatever you like, probably not. Yeah. Um, and I think, and I think I think the idea is like if you call it like the way it's or if you lay it out like the way i just laid it out it sounds really really appealing to people that want to eat junk food right because oh yeah you know i can have all of this and then you try it and the reality is that you can't eat much of this junk food and you learn that by yourself and therefore hopefully end up having a good diet yeah so i think i think it's but if you start it from saying don't eat all this crap then maybe we're a better we're a better place yeah, I would I mean, say. Yeah, um, especially I, I, if we're I, then I, I, looking I, towards rugby players or athletes, um, you want to have a lot of carbohydrates. You like if you say if you train at seven p.m. 
but you have four donuts for breakfast and you have no carbohydrates left for your training, oh, that's not going to be good. Dream. I'm, out, I'm about to touch on that, actually. Um, that, the other way to improve it is to kind of target um, different macronutrients different days. So this is how we set up our diets, I believe. I, I think you do it the same way as me. Um, that we on training days or harder training days, we might push up the carbohydrates mm-hmm. and lower the fat and on vice versa. No, I've actually well, stopped doing that as much. I've just pushed, like, my fat will pretty much always remain constant for my, like, guys. Yeah. And then, yeah, the carbohydrates yeah. will increase on hard training days, lower on non. Yeah. So yeah, you the use your carbohydrates towards your training, yeah. On, yeah but I wouldn't, hard, train, I wouldn't change the fat. Training. Cool. Um, and then, yeah, maybe an idea is what we can do. Um, I'm going to look to put this out there actually as a spreadsheet that people can buy if you're interested actually if you're interested in buying a complete nutrition uh guide slash macro calculator this to help you set up your diet let me know just hit me up uh reply to one of our, any of our emails that you're going to get by sign up for our 50 conditioning sessions at rubber-muscle.com finally got that plug in um huh. and yeah uh what i would do is instead of setting up uh, a macronutrient target for the day we'll figure out when or you adjust for whenever you're training and you each meal will have um a macronutrient target so for example if we're training at 7 p.m you're going to wake up you're going to have pretty much zero uh, a, a low carb or no carb meal maybe just some vegetables will give you any carbs that you need um and then some a good bit of fat and protein obviously protein will be the same for every single meal then your next meal will maybe have a little bit of carbs um a little bit lower fat than what you had for breakfast and again same protein obviously always vegetables as well then your next meal would be i'd say this would be like a late lunch so around three four five p.m and you're going to have this before you go to training and this is going to finally have a good bit of carbs in because that's going to give you a little energy boost help you train well then i would have uh, another meal either during your workout or straight after your workout which is going to be real high in carbs a lot more um non-fibrous carbs so we're looking at like a sugary stuff cereals good or white rice stuff like that and that again low fat so that we can just get it straight into we can digest it and we can get it can start to head towards our recovery then our next meal another highish carb meal and a little bit of fat and if we've got any left, then you fill out whatever you've got left. Um, I, I am a fan of some sort of dairy protein before you go to bed. Maybe with some fat so it digests whilst you're sleeping or some fiber so it digests whilst you're sleeping. But again, uh, I think the rest of the day goes is, is more important and all you have throughout the day. Yeah, um, I'm pretty on board with all of that. Sweet. So yeah, there you go, boys. Just press that uh, rewind 15 seconds button a few times. Go back and listen to that and you can structure your own diet for that. If you want any more help, always get in touch with us um, at tj.strength on the Instas and on Facebook and I think on Twitter. I don't know if I'm on Twitter. If you, if you, if you do a lot of tweets, follow me and we'll, we'll get in some tweet action together for the most part I don't actually bother checking it uh, yeah, Alex but, where can people okay. find you uh, Collision and Combats on the Instagrams uh, Facebooks and, and the internet now the internet in general 
Oh, excellent. All of the internets. Yeah, excellent, boys. Internet. Excellent. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, if you haven't done, go ahead and go on iTunes and give us a five-star review. Uh, say any comments you'd like we'd love to read them out or just to have your feedback in general but make sure it's five stars uh you yanks you're still lagging behind we know we've got a lot of you listeners so let us know what you think of the podcast spread the word boys because you know you're getting all this great information for free right alex anything you want the boys to do no i'm pretty good bye